Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Steeler fans? Pittsburgh Steelers won again, and there's still some playoff hopes. We're going to be talking about that and much more here on The Hangover. I'm Daniel, your Steel Curtain Network host, alongside with me as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, and uh, had a wonderful New Year's, and I want to wish everybody out there a happy New Year and a blessed 2024. Well, 100% happy new year. I almost forgot it was the New Year's Day after the victory yesterday. It was uh, an exciting win. You know, um, perhaps not everything went the Steelers' way outside of the game as far as, you know, I think the Colts ended up winning, Texans won. But the Steelers gave themselves an opportunity for the playoffs uh, by beating the Seattle Seahawks 30-23, to another 30-point performance by this Pittsburgh Steelers and their offense. Are you shocked, surprised, or was this uh, what you were expecting there, Shannon? Well, I mean, we haven't seen it in three years. So I don't think anybody can say I was expecting it. Uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, it's it's great to see a, a competent, you know, caliber NFL offense. Um, you know, you look at the performance. I thought Rudolph's performance was even more efficient than the week before where he hit four splash plays. That was the majority of his offense, mm-hmm. you know, his yardage. Whereas this week he took what was there and he didn't force anything. Uh, he was very accurate. He stood tall in the pocket um, and kept his eyes downfield going through his progressions. An extra week of practice, really, you could tell a difference. He, he even improved from his first start. And um, so just having that, even though he didn't throw any touchdowns this week, it opened up the running game. It opens up everything. And you just get the feeling that something good can happen every time they get the ball back. So it's been a long time since we've had that feeling. And um, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm soaking it up. Um, I've, I read somewhere today, somebody's like, well, if they would have made the move sooner, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, we talked about it at least three weeks prior. Uh, you know, right when Pickett got injured, I'm like, Rudolph's a better fit here, guys. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about it, and it was obvious to most people, but the Steelers still went with Trubisky, and we know how that turned out. And so now the Steelers are fighting for their playoff lives and need help. So, you know, it, it's that's disappointing, but, it, you know, I'm very, very happy for Mason Rudolph. I am too. I mean, if there's anybody that deserves it, uh, it's him. You know, he went through a lot of turmoil here in the, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers and with the city of Pittsburgh. You know, he, he was a guy that was booed for just stepping onto a preseason yeah. field. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. 
uh, you know, to go full circle and to give him an opportunity for uh, for him to, you know, earn his his paycheck, as he said last week, uh, you know, and earn probably a, a bigger one next year. So, you know, it's good for him and good for the team. And it's working out best for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, when it comes to his performance, he was 18 to 24, 274 yards. Uh, you know, he, he was sacked one time for eight yards, had a rating of 112.2. You know, I thought he did really – he did okay. I think early on, he, I think maybe the nerves may have gotten to him because the placement of the ball was a little high. But as the as the game progressed, I thought he, he got more confident and um, mm-hmm. he didn't make a mistake. You know, I think he was at 1.4 for eight, and then he, he hit like 10 or 11 passes in a row. Yes. So um, I'm super impressed with what he's been able to do and how he's been, and how he's been able to translate onto the field. Very humble guy. And um, – yeah, uh, congratulations to him again. And he got the nod today. You know, uh, Mike Tomlin came out in his press conference said that, you know, Kenny Pickett was clear last week at the end of the week, and they're still going to give the ball to Mason Rudolph. Do you agree with that right now at this point, Shannon, or do you think that uh, you shouldn't lose your job to an injury? Well, if it would only been to an injury, um, you know, we could say Kenny Pickett had six quarters in a actual NFL offense, uh, it all stopped there. Um, and he had his best game during that time. And then, you know, was, you know, very fairly well the next game. Uh, but you know, he was just starting to get in rhythm when he got hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you watch Pickett compared to last year, his rookie year, the, the damage has been done. You know, I think it's funny. The same people, and I was one of them, the same people that never want to see Mason Rudolph on a football field again wearing the Steelers uniform, and I wholeheartedly admit I was one of them, um, are the same people, a lot of them now, who never want to see Kenny Pickett on the field again. And uh, whereas Rudolph's been in the league five years, uh, you know, when you see that maturity, you see that growth, um, when Rudolph's out there, he just – the game seems slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year has been uh, the year of the backup quarterback or the third-string quarterback or Joe Flacco coming off the retirement couch. Um, guys like Brichette having success, Browning for the Bengals, Tyrod Taylor. The Giants offense looked like worse than the Steelers all year long. Tyrod Taylor comes in and they start to play better. They start to score points. Is it because the backup's that much better? Or is it because the backup is usually more experienced? And, and you know, because all these guys have been setting for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when they do get a chance, they they realize, okay, this is the mistakes that my predecessors have been making, and they know what not to do. Let's put it that way. Uh, they right. learn from the other's examples. Uh, Rudolph's got to start. Rudolph is the, gives him the best option to win. He's the better uh, quarterback in this current system. There's no doubt. He's, he, he's much calmer in the pocket. He stands tall in the pocket. Um, he has the arm to take advantage of when the opportunity for a splash play arises. Um. And like you said, he was throwing high early in the game and Pickens made a good catch and and Johnson made a good catch on a high ball. 
uh, and that helped him get in that rhythm. And then his next incompletion was when he threw the ball immediately out of the end zone when the play action wasn't open at the goal line. And I'm sure that's how they instructed him. If it's not open, throw it away. And that's mm-hmm. what he did. So, uh, again, that's you can tell a veteran that. Um, they threw the ball on that last drive to get that first down to basically seal the game. And you trust a veteran quarterback to make that right read and hit Pickens with that pass. You don't necessarily trust uh, Kenny Pickett in his second year who's been struggling or Mitch Trubisky who is a turnover waiting to happen. So uh, I think that they showed how much faith they have in Mason Rudolph. Because if you remember, they used to do that with Ben all the time. It was like three runs and put the ball back and the Steelers would throw it and get that first down. And to end the game. And so I was really pleased to, that they showed that much faith in Rudolph uh, because that's how winning football is played. Yeah, I think they showed a lot of faith in him, you know, the first drive and Coach Tomlin's going for it on fourth and five. Yeah. Like that was aggressive. That was that was extremely aggressive. But I think that that was to, to set a tone. Yep. You know, it obviously could have gone extremely you know, bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers if Seattle, you know, gets going earlier and starts on that drive. They were, you know, they had good field position at that point. Fortunately for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they were able to stop them there. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I think that Mason Rudolph definitely is the guy moving forward uh, this year. You know, and this offseason will be this offseason and, and we'll see who the Steelers are, what they do. Then I think that you know, a lot of people are saying that Mason Rudolph ain't going to come back, that, you know, given everything that's happened, this, that, and the third. But, you know, that's from outside of the building. You know, when Mason Rudolph played last week in this post-press conference, post-game press conference, he talked about how, you know, um, how much gratitude he had towards Mike Tomlin and the organization for keeping him around as long as they did and to give him the opportunity that they had. So, you know, I, I get the outside noise, but, you know, inside that building, it might be different. And, you know, if let's just say, you know, this offseason, he wins this next game and, you know, they go into the playoffs, they win a game or, or whatever happens. Um, you know, I think that Mason Rudolph knows his offense and, uh, you know, I think his best venue to succeed right away would probably be to stay back here. And I think that his best possibility to get a starting gig uh, may be, uh, an opportunity here at Pittsburgh to compete. You know, I don't think he's going to go somewhere else and they're going to give him the automatic job to compete for the starting gig somewhere else, even if he gets paid more. I can see a team like maybe perhaps, you know, the Rams or something, you know, get somebody to back up Stafford. And, you know, you're going to be the backup. You're going to get paid more, but you're not going to see the field. So, yeah. you know, those things might interfere with his decision as far as why he may or may not stay. Uh, but for this season, yeah, I think you got to go with him. He's done some things that the other quarterbacks haven't done with this offense. This offense has put up points. Uh, the running game, 202 yards as a collective unit. Najee Harris had 122. Jalen Warren had 75. Angry runs in this game. What were your thought? What is your thoughts on the uh, on the running backs in this game? Oh, uh, that is exactly what we've all been waiting to see from Najee Harris. Um, because he's never going to be the quick twitch, explosive uh, distance back. He is the grinder, the lean, 
the power for two more extra yards. You know, he's a guy that turns four-yard runs into seven- and eight-yard runs. Um, and he was just doing that consistently. Uh, now, when he had a hole, you know, he was he busted a couple of good long runs. But a lot of his running was just toughness yesterday. Um, that stiff arm he put on Woolen was nasty. I mean, uh, he embarrassed Woolen. Um, it was ever bit uh, as good a stiff arm as Vance McDonald's stiff arm heard around the world. But we've seen Najee Harris stiff arm Miles Garrett. I mean, the guy is, you know, I always said that Rudolph could be a really good quarterback when he learned his limitations. Uh, same thing with uh, Najee Harris. As long as he don't try to bounce it outside and run horizontal, that's when he gets in trouble. When he keeps his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage and uses that power and that size, he could be a really dominant power back. And um, and it warrants that great change of pace. So I thought they had a really good rhythm yesterday. Uh, the offensive line was really controlling the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what I thought we was going to see all year, Daniel. I thought yeah. that that's what the offense would look like for the Steelers. Uh, but they just could never get it going uh, with any consistency. But since Rudolph's been in there, uh, he's making the right reads. He's giving them splash plays uh, when they're presented. The opportunity presents itself. He can do the play action. All the things that play off of that running game. And even the pass protection. uh, One time yesterday, James Daniels and Cole both got pushed back into Rudolph on the sack, and and it was really Daniels' guy who got the sack. And as far as I know, that's the first sack he's ever given up as a stiller. But Mm -hmm. he definitely got beat, and his guy is the one that took Rudolph down. But still, Rudolph stood right there in the pocket to the last second looking downfield. Um, I I prefer that myself. I don't want – unless you got Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, I don't want my quarterback – doing a lot of running, I'd want him to step forward in the pocket, as we've talked about. And Rudolph, mm-hmm. is, you know, he stands in there. And uh, he made some excellent passes from the pocket under duress. So, uh, but it all played off that running game. And that was the best, uh, in my opinion, the best consistent rushing attack all season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you couldn't – this running team or this running duo is showing, you know, why it's good to have that one-two punch to keep one guy yep. fresh. You know, this, the idea of having a bell cow running back for 17 weeks is probably uh, not a uh, formula for success. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I know there was a lot of talk earlier in the season, uh, you know, Warren versus Najee, who should be the starter, who should be backing up. Yeah. And I always was um, – you know, on the side of well, why does it have to be either or? Let's just put them both out there. You know, let's play them both to their strengths and when they're needed, and we'll see what happens. And I think that that's what the Steelers are doing, and it's worked out well for for them offensively. Uh, the receivers, George Pickens had himself a day, and again, seven receptions, 131 yards, no touchdowns this time through the air. But when you're able to run it in from 25 yards out, I don't think you need yeah. <laughs> to put yeah. so many out there. But uh, seven receptions, 131 yards. Yonte Johnson had four for 76. Pat Firemuth got a couple of receptions there as well, three for 44. 
Um, what were your thoughts on the pass catchers in this game? And did, what did you think about the, the guys? Did you think that they gave uh, Mason Rudolph a shot to be successful? I mentioned it um, in a, my article today uh, that'll post tomorrow. Uh, I've noticed a real difference in this game uh, and a little bit last week, but especially this week. The receivers, because Rudolph was standing in there going through his progressions, so the receivers stayed in motion. They there wasn't a lot of stop and look around and and you know quit on the routes. Everybody kept moving because a lot of those uh, reads were second and third reads that Rudolph hit. Like the first game, he never got past his second read, but in right. this game, he did get to his third read a couple of times. I'm almost sure of it. And if you watch, they was the guys were continually in motion like they should be working mm-hmm. back towards him or back, you know, making themselves available. Uh, and so also, if you look at their yards per catch, I think Pickens was like 18 something mm-hmm. uh, yards per catch. And, and uh, Johnson was up around 15 and Firemuth was even 14, if I ain't mistaken. Now there yeah. wasn't a lot of guys catching passes yesterday. I think only four guys were targeted. Correct. But all those guys had some real success catching the ball for some chunk yardage. Mm -hmm. So, again, like I said, I was very impressed with the passing game and how it worked off of the running game. I agree. I I agree. I thought that. And you're right. Only four pass catchers, Jalen, Pat, Jalen Warren, Pat Farmer, Deontay, and George Pickens were targeted and had receptions in this game. Uh, the um, Jalen Warren had four for 23, uh, but you're right. You know, when you're able to run the ball the way that the Steelers were able to, and the way that this team was also able to take what the defense was giving you. I mean, that, I think that's what that shows, right? When you have a yeah. bunch of chunk yeah. plays as showing you that your quarterback is taking what the defense is giving you. If they're stacking the box, they're throwing it over them. If they get back, they're going to run it down their throat. And I think that when you can execute on that type of game plan, you're going to see uh, this type of, um, you know, formula for success, you know, 30 points, 34, 34 last week. And well, honestly, this more. could have been more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if Harris had made the right decision, but still he could have padded his stacks, stats and had a third touchdown, but that shows you he was present and he knew the circumstances and the situations. And he just said game over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, Mason Rudolph was sacked one time for eight yards. Mason uh, Mason Cole, though, I mean, some of these snaps, oh, they're oh. getting dangerous, dangerous, too dangerous. Do you think that at some point, you know, there, there needs to be a consideration for a move there at center uh, to somebody else before something devastating happens? I think with one game to go and hopefully a playoffs, you know, to come, I mm-hmm. think that they're committed totally to him right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they know they're juggling dynamite. Uh, maybe nitroglycerin, the way he's snapping, because <laughs> a disaster is coming. Um, every snap is low and to the right. Um, he didn't do one snap that Rudolph had to reach up and out like this real quick and snatch it with one hand and pull it in, uh, or that would have been a disaster. Um, but Rudolph has got that same ability Ben had that 
you know, because Pouncey and Kendrick Green, every center for the Steelers in the last four years has had this issue. It develops. Not at first, but for some reason, they get to where they can't snap anymore. And I wrote about it in the article. Um, You know, Cole is a disaster waiting to happen. But thankfully, not only did Rudolph play a great game, a very efficient and intelligent game, but he saved the Steelers multiple times by, you know, fielding them ground balls that Cole was kicking back there to him. He looked like Ozzy Smith back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it sure is, and I think it's a concern. I think that the Steelers need to look at it. I know that you, you're like you're probably right that they're committed to him. They're going to go with him at this point in the year, but. You know, Mason isn't the most athletic guy. If one of those balls gets behind him, he's not the fastest guy to get on it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, like you said, he's been able to pull him in from all over the place. Um, you know, maybe they'll get better, but they need to because it, 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 it's suspicious. I mean, not suspicious. It's horrible. But I did see some snaps. It looked like at least from the camera angle that there was a couple of bobbled snaps on the uh on the quarterback sneaks, did you did you see that, or was that just me seeing things? Well, I know on one of the sneaks, it was not a clean exchange. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only one I noticed. Thankfully, mm-hmm. they you know they didn't lose the ball. But um, but yeah, I would take maybe it'll make the Steelers take more snaps under center, which I wish they would, because mm-hmm. uh, you know it gives them better opportunity for play action and um, and also it cuts down that risk of. Cole snapping the ball, God knows where. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and before we uh, take our break and go on to the defensive side, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about offensively was uh, Kenny Pickett didn't dress for this game. He was cleared, however, at the uh, end of the week, wasn't even dressed as the emergency third quarterback. When asked in Mike Tomlin's press conference today uh, why why Kenny didn't dress or why he wasn't uh, playing, uh, Tomlin said something to the effect that he didn't get enough reps at the end of the week. Uh, what do you, what do you think about Tomlin's thoughts and, and any, any comments on, on Pickett not dressing? I think it's uh, some coach speak. We know that, that Mike Tomlin is, is an expert at saying a lot to say very little. Um, it's like, you don't want to throw your players under the bus or vice versa. And so you're going to try to say the least controversial thing you could say. Um, Mm I had said three weeks ago that I thought that they should shut Kenny down for the year and roll with Mason because one, I thought Rudolph was a better fit for this year, what they have and what they're trying to accomplish, which is turned out to be prophetic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rudolph is definitely the right choice. If you had shut him down earlier at that point, like I suggested, then you wouldn't be having this controversy or this uh, discussion. Um, and so, you know, they said, he said somebody didn't have reps uh, this week because of, and I'm sure he didn't because, you know, he he was, I think, running a third team, if I ain't mistaken, behind Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but for that emergency number three quarterback, I don't think that's really that big a deal. I just think that it was the the circumstances and the realization that they're really got, not going to learn much 
about yeah. having him out there at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, right now, just focus all of your attention on winning this last game uh, and trying to make the playoffs. And you'll worry about Kenny Pickett in that situation next year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the more I think about it, the more I think that that was a coach's decision. Uh, yes. You know, the reason that, that Kenny didn't dress and the reason being is um, if, if Kenny dresses and, and he doesn't play in, in favor of Mason, then the questions are going to be asked, you know, um, even if let's just say Mason doesn't play well and you have to go back to Kenny. So then, you know, you benched him uh, or you didn't play him because of whatever reasons, but he was cleared to play. And now Mason struggles and, and you put him back. It doesn't show a lot of confidence. I think they were probably keeping the door open that if Mason, you know, was a fluke against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. that they can go back and turn back to Kenny Pickett and not have to answer those questions of, you know, if Kenny Pickett was healthy, would you have started, you know, Mason Rudolph over him? Now, at this point, Kenny Pickett's healthy. Mason Rudolph, you know, maybe not replicated 100% what he did, but did enough to show that he should be the guy going forward. And maybe I think that that's probably what happened. I don't see, you know, I know there's been some rumors out there that he refused to do it. And, and I talked about it on my other on my other channel a little bit. Um, but I don't think that Mike Tomlin would take a player on the road somewhere who refused to play. I think that person would have been left back in Pittsburgh. So, you know, just my thoughts on that situation there. Um, We're going to take a quick break. If you're on the YouTube side, don't go anywhere. It'll be just a couple of seconds on the audio side. We'll be back after a few words from our sponsors. And we're back. Welcome back to The Hangover. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon White. We're talking about the Steelers. Their victorious playoff hopes are still alive. Do they deserve it, though? We'll talk about that. We'll answer that question here in a moment. But before we do, you have, a, uh, I believe, a stock up, stock down report coming out. Tell us about what you have going on in the near future, Shannon. Yeah, um, it'll be out tomorrow at 11, uh, like usual, the Steeler stock report. Uh, we talked a little bit about a couple of the sections already. Uh, you know, the only real stock down um, was Mason Cole's ability uh, or a case of the yips when it comes to trying to snap the football. Um, I had to mention uh, Rudolph as a stock up. Uh, uh, Najee Harris is a stock up for his performance. And the – Bargain bin replacements uh, in uh, Eric Rowe and Miles Jacks and um, uh, Michael Walker and uh, Elijah Riley. Those guys, you know, they've been thrown out there. You sink or swim. But they're all veterans with experience. And they've given uh, Coach Austin the experience and the versatility to be creative and try to patch this defense together with all these injuries. I mean, if you watch the game closely, the Seahawks focused totally on stopping Watt and Highsmith. Watt and Mm -hmm. Highsmith was not going to beat them. They did not fear the defensive line. They did not fear the uh, off-ball linebackers or the secondary. They made sure that Watt and Highsmith, their energies were focused on stopping them. So 
that's why I think Nick Herbig was able to make that huge play, uh, that strip sack, because I think that they kind of exhaled when they realized that Highsmith had left the game. And you don't exhale or relax when Herbig's in there because Herbig is very explosive. And he blew right around that tackle to make that huge play. So um, I, I I have to give credit where credit's due. And I think Austin has done a, a excellent job. Uh, they've been doing the bend but don't break all season. Mm-hmm. But they were relying on three or four stars to make a big play. Well, they really only have two right now. Uh, and so they can't really rely and to, you know, count on Watt and Highsmith doing, making a big play, uh, every game. So, uh, you know, they're having to count on some of these other guys and different guys have took turns stepping up. And, uh, so, you know, kudos to them and kudos to Austin for putting them in position to be successful. Yeah. I mean, it's the middle linebackers, it's the safeties, <laughs> it's it's everybody on, on that defensive yep. secondary and, and, you know, everybody off the line there that's been dealing with injuries or have been, you know, had their problems. Even the even the defensive line, I mean, even the defensive line itself, Cam Hayward was out for an extended period of time with injury throughout this year. Uh, it's been patchwork 100%. Uh, but it's not going to be like that for long. I know. I know the Steelers. They, they got one more game against the Ravens. I don't know if Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be back this week or not. I expect him to be back if the Steelers make the playoffs sometime during then. Well, we know that Demonte Casey will be back after this week if the Steelers do make the playoffs as well. So there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the safety position. But with who is on the field now, I think Eric Rowe is a guy that you know has so made himself uh, a guy that can be started capable he can pinch you know come in there in a pinch Uh, i don't know if he's going to be you know a uh you know a a future guy for the pittsburgh steelers or not but i I think he's done fairly well in his time with the steelers should have had a pick this past week had one the week before he just missed it just missed it just a little (laughs) bit too tall for him you know he gets that pick i think that changes uh the setting of that game early on you know what i'm saying like i think that You know, it, it turns into probably another blowout type of situation. Uh, but either way, you know, I think he's done great. Um, you know, Miles Jack, in my opinion, he's he's looking all right. You know, this is probably the healthiest he's been this late into the season in a very long time. So you know, <laughs> <Really>? I, know, <laughs> I know that, you know, he's coming off of uh, uh, retirement and things like that earlier this year. But that also just means that he's healthier and he's been in the uh, in the building for some time now. For the last few weeks, he was there in the entire year last year. So uh, it's starting to come together. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that this team, if they end up getting in, uh, look out, look out. And, and, and the way they can get in is they have to win. They need either a Jacksonville loss or a Miami loss. And I think those are the easiest scenarios to get in um, if if uh, if they lose, they need like Jacksonville to lose and Denver to win and then something else, uh, a full moon during the day or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do you think? Do you think that the uh, well, before I ask you that, Joy Porter Jr., I think he had his welcome to the NFL moment uh, against DK Metcalf this game. Talk to us about Joy Porter Jr. and what you saw again in his matchup with DK. Um, I'm a huge fan of the young man. And I love his aggressive nature, his confidence. He's the kind of guy that 
is not going to lose his confidence, get shaken, and and let it affect his career. Say Art like Artie Burns did. Yeah. Artie Burns got uh, struggled for a, a while, and then he could never recover, and he needed a whole new environment, uh, a new change of scenery to try to resurrect his career, and he's done pretty well with Seattle. But, but the only thing I would advise Porter is he was talking smack leading up to the game, how that he was going to shut down Metcalf. And I don't know if he'd ever met Metcalf before because when they stood together, Metcalf looked like a full grown man and Joey Porter Jr. looked like he was in uh, junior high. <laughs> I mean, Metcalf is a beast and mm-hmm. he just physically ragdolled Porter. Now, Porter was, you know, to his credit, he stood in there and, and tried to maintain coverage, and they didn't leave him in straight press man much. Mm-hmm. And I think they were scared that Metcalf would give him a swat and knock him out of the way, and that would be that. So they they if you noticed, he wasn't as aggressive as he, you know, often is. Uh, but, yes, he had his first real struggles, his welcome to the NFL moment. Thankfully, there's nobody else in the NFL that looks like DK Metcalf. Yeah. <laughs> Not that size and that speed. That's a freak. But mm-hmm. uh, some of the blocks, Metcalf was just like engulfed him. He just grabbed him, and it was like Porter was like a fish on a line. He, he, he couldn't get away from him. Uh, they called it holding one time. Yeah. It was holding a few times. But uh, – but Porter had no shot of getting away from him. So uh, I, I like Porter. I thought Porter still played a strong game. He's easily still the best cornerback the Steelers have. But I would not talk smack if he ever gets a chance to play DK Metcalf again. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it's in his blood to talk smack to it a is Seattle Seahawks player. <laughs> you know, uh, his father and mother more famously doing so in yep. Super Bowl 40 uh, against the uh, Seattle Seahawks tight end. That, that one was that one was great. Um, yeah, I thought Porter played well. I thought I thought that Metcalf got the best of him in some certain situations. Yeah. Metcalf had himself a game. I mean, he had five receptions, 106 yards, eight targets, no touchdowns, though. He, he had an opportunity to get one there in the corner, um, but the coverage by Joy Porter Jr. pushing good him towards coverage. the sideline, it was good coverage then. So it's kind of, you know, that bend but don't break type of situation, yeah. even in a, um, a battle that uh, maybe some would say that Metcalf won on the uh in the individual battles but when it came to the uh the war itself as the entire game um joy porter and the pittsburgh steelers won that one yep. uh Fant had five catches for 59 yards uh, he was a player that i was kind of concerned of uh, the tight ends going up against our middle linebackers and he, he 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 did some damage but not too much um what were your thoughts on miles jack and and robinson and uh, all the middle linebackers that were utilized this past week against seattle well, it, thankfully, the Steelers' offense really controlled time of possession because when the Seahawks were able to run the ball effectively, like on their touchdown drive, um, the first touchdown drive, Walker had most of the yards, and they were gashing the linebackers. Uh, they were controlling the line, and then – when they got to that second level, 
Um, they they were abusing the stores, the inside linebackers. Uh, but they was able to keep the ball, even though they didn't really get the pressure I was expecting on Geno Smith, because they did shut down Watt and Highsmith. Highsmith did not register on the stat sheet. He had no tackles. He, I mean, Highsmith was shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it was a concerted effort. You could tell what the Seahawks were doing. But um, I was disappointed in that, that the that they didn't try to figure out ways to get Watt and Highsmith more involved. You know, move them around, let them blitz, uh, you know, rush from the inside. Something. Just so they, they couldn't be the focal point of Seattle's offense. But um I I was I, I believe that that allowed Austin to do his patchwork defense to mm-hmm. get creative and uh start out look like a soft man and then like on the one that Roe almost got the interception. Yeah. You know he was playing uh, underneath outside the boundary and then he you know he was sitting in that zone and he almost got underneath that pass to uh, Metcalf for the interception, but he was, you know, it was a little too high. Then on the touchdown to, um, was it Smith and Jigba, or was mm-hmm. it Lockett? It, it was in Jigba. Jigba, uh, the if you watch, Peterson read it. Mm-hmm. He read it, but he was too. He come in shallow. He come in along the goal line. If he would have been just a yard or two back, I think he'd intercepted that ball, but the throw clarity. So, you know, but Peterson is just now converting to safety. And I think mm-hmm. he didn't have the proper depth on his, on his drop. So um, those things are going to happen. You've got all these ragtag, you know, practice squad guys on the back end of your defense uh, or guys in new positions at the least like Peterson. So I was very impressed that they was able to hold up like they did. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, this was a team that was putting up some points. They had uh, the receiving core to do so as well. But you brought up, um, you know, the outside linebackers. You know, Herbig only had two snaps. And with his snaps, he was able to do the most with it. You know, sack, strip, fumble, and the recovery. Uh, You know, I think he deserves some more time out on the field. You know, I I believe or think that, you know, if you have probably T.J. Watt out or you have – uh, Alex Highsmith out, you're going to probably focus uh, the other attention to the other linebacker that is on the field and maybe not focus your attention on Herbig, but he's still going up against NFL tackles and embarrassing them, you know, and uh, I thought he played well. I think he's making a um, a name for himself to get some more playing time. I'd like to see it myself, uh, and, you know, especially with, you know, Highsmith, he's, he's done all right in certain situations, but for the most part, compared to what he did last year, it's been a, a step back. And when you see what Herbig can do when in a limited role, I think I like to see a little bit more of him. Not saying or not taking anything away from Highsmith or saying that he's uh, regressed or any of those type of things. I just would like to see what, what Herbig can do a little bit more. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on Herbig and, and getting more playing time? Yeah, I'm a huge Highsmith fan, but mm-hmm. Herbig's too good. I mean, if you look at his statistics with the percentage of snaps he's getting, it's insane. Uh, he yeah. has to get more opportunities. I mean, they got to figure out a way to get all three of them out there. 
regularly and 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 use Golden as well because he's been uh, a very solid player this year. But, you know, keep the snap count down and keep wanting High Smith fresh. They say, well, you know, you never want to take guys like that off the field. Sometimes you got to, you know, just for their own good. And what gives 150 ever play? So when you got a guy that plays like his hair's on fire, you got to give him a break here and there. And it'll just help him stay fresh later in the game. Uh, when you need him on, you know, those big drives, the, the winning time, let's say. So, yeah, Herbie's got to get more time. I don't necessarily think it needs to be at anybody's expense because I believe it helps all the parties involved. You're mute. Yeah, sorry about that. I think also the other reason why he's probably got some limited snaps is the fact that the offense is holding on to the ball and the defense isn't out there as often as they were, you know, requiring him yeah. to take as many snaps as well. So, you know, those are some components to it, but I do think he should get some more playing time, especially when he's when the results are what they are. Um, but transitioning on to the question, Steelers are in playoff position. Uh, they, they're not in there yet. They're in there possible. You know, there's got to be some things to happen. Uh, if those things happened, you know, the Steelers get in, do they deserve to be in? Do they deserve to be in? What, what, what are your thoughts on that question first? And then I'll answer after you. When we and you was talking about the title this morning, that's what come to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just say where the Ravens beat the 49ers in San Francisco, and then they beat the Dolphins in Baltimore. Uh, both they won both games by more than 14 points. I guess two teams that had 10 wins on the season, at least 10 wins on the season. And that's the first time that's ever happened. Uh, that's impressive, Daniel. I mean, I, I, you know, I do not like the Ravens, Mm -hmm. but I respect them and their organization and what they've accomplished this year. Uh, they deserve respect. And that's a great thing, you know, to say we beat two teams by at least two touchdowns uh, back-to-back weeks, and they had uh, 10 wins at least. Okay, let's look at the Steelers this year. They lost back-to-back home games against teams that had at least 10 losses. That's the first time that's ever happened in NFL history. That's the opposite of the Ravens' impressive accomplishment. That's embarrassing. That is the first time that that level of ineptitude has ever happened. And it's going to cost them a playoff spot, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that it all works out that the teams that deserve to be there a lot of times end up there. And the Steelers had it all in front of them. Um, The coach, coaching, and I won't name any certain coach, uh, but they had decisions to make this year, Daniel. And they made the wrong ones. They brought back Matt Canada. Terrible decision. Should have never happened. This team would be in a lot different place if they hadn't brought back Matt Canada, I guarantee you. Um. They had a quarterback situation. Uh, 
midway through the season when Pickett got injured, again, the wrong decision. They went with the easy decision. The decision, this guy's their backup, we paid him this much money, even though they knew what he looked like in this offense. They knew his limitations and his tendencies to throw cluster interceptions and turnovers, and yet they went with him, and it cost them in the two worst losses in recent Steelers history. Now they made a decision out of necessity. They had nowhere else to go. They had to turn to Mason Rudolph, and now they look like they can make the playoffs, and they're played well two weeks in a row. Does that override the terrible decision that led to the worst losing streak, you know, back-to-back games that I've ever seen? I don't know. Um, If they make it, I'll say it's fate, and they deserve it. If they don't make it, I'll say it's fate and they didn't deserve to. So I'll kind of reserve judgment to see what happens this weekend. Uh, If they're able, if Ravens do set their starters and the Steelers are able to pull out a victory in in Baltimore, uh, then we'll just have to wait and see what happens on Sunday. But um, I'm kind of torn both ways. Um, I don't, the rest of this season to me is all for Mason Rudolph. It's all for those guys. that's on the cusp of whether they're going to have a job next year or not, because there's going to be so much change to the organization this off season that nothing else really matters because it's all going to be new next year. Uh, but it does matter for Mason Rudolph. It does matter for guys whether they're going to pick up their option or not. It does matter if some of these one-year rentals will get another opportunity to come back to Pittsburgh. So that's what I'm rooting for, and that's the individuals I'm rooting for. Yeah. Yeah, and you make some valid points there. I mean, all valid points as far as do the Steelers deserve to be there. They lost to a couple of two-win teams. You know, for me, I look at things, I guess, a little bit differently. You know, I think that, if they end up getting in, they do deserve to be there. They would have got, they would have won possibly, honestly, obviously, you know, there's a chance that they can get in even if they lose this weekend, but realistically, if they're going to get in, they're going to win this weekend. Yeah. They would have won 10 games in the NFL. Now I know a lot of folks might say, you know, some of those games were won by the defense or, or by special teams. I think the, the game against the Packers, the special teams put out more points than the offense. Well, you know, my, my, my response is that, you know, should you, uh, uh, should the Packers have won that and deserve that game if they allowed the Steelers' special teams to outperform them? No. You know, the, the Ravens game, they dropped a bunch of passes. You know, the, that gave the Steelers the win for the most part. Did the Ravens deserve to win that game because they dropped so many passes? No. You know, at the end of the day, um, even if it's self-inflicted, you know, the, the team that made the least mistakes or took advantage of the mistakes in front of them are the team that deserves to win. You know, this team's if they end up going to the playoffs, they're going to be five and one in the AFC North. You know, the AFC North is the toughest division in NFL. I mean, you don't you don't you don't do that by just, you know, lucking into it. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that, yeah, they would deserve to be in there and, you know, winning 10 games. I think that's where a lot of people had the Steelers before the year started. 
You know, I think that everybody thought the route to the 10 wins was a little bit different, <laughs> obviously, but they got I had 11. Uh, you had 11? I predicted 11, yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, they could have easily gotten that this year. And, and like you yep. said, there was a lot of decisions that were made. I mean, this team honestly could have been in contention still for the first seed. I mean, they lost to a Browns team uh, without their starting quarterback. They had DTR on there, and it's not even Flacco. You know, they lost to the two team, the two win teams. And, uh, you know, those are three games right there that, that could easily be off of their schedule that would – you know, make them what four four losses, and they'd be playing for the AFC North this upcoming weekend. So, um, <clears throat> you know, but those are what ifs and could ifs. You know, the Steelers make it in. This is the route that they can do it. The most logical way is Miami. They have to win. They beat Buffalo. The Steelers make it in as the seventeen. They're going to go in to Miami the first week. Uh, you know, Miami is injured across the board. They got injuries. You know, the Steelers can pull out a win. Where are they going to go next? They're going to go to Baltimore, a team that, you know, that's always competitive. And it's always down to the last uh, last play. You know, I think that this team, realistically, you know, there's a chance out there that they find themselves playing in the last playoff game before the Super Bowl. Who knows? Uh, but it, it can happen. I mean, call me uh, optimistic or whatever you want, but I, I think it's possible. <laughs> What what are your final words there, uh, Shannon? Before we let everybody go, um, I, I I like how you think. I think you're definitely drinking the Kool Aid. But hey, <laughs> if you're going to dream, dream big. And, yeah, there and, you go. Uh, uh, like I said, I'd I'd be happy if it happened. So um, I, I like your outlook better than mine. But uh, <laughs> no, I just uh, I was so glad that they won. It it allowed us all to have a much happier New Year's Eve and New Year's night. Um, so very thankful for another year and, and getting to do it and spend it with you and my other uh, colleagues and all of our community. So uh, just uh, wishing everybody the best uh, and a prosperous, happy New Year. And, um, uh, you know, just got to keep hope alive and and uh, and see the Steelers pull it out on Saturday, and and then we can all just get ulcers on Sunday. There you go, there you go, because it's going to be a a long day Sunday if the Steelers win. <laughs> that is for sure. I want to thank everybody that watched and tuned in. Please hit that like and subscribe if you're still here. What are you doing and not like and or subscribe? And do that now before you head on out. Um, I got a state of the Steelers on Friday on the audio only side. So make sure you go check out still current network, wherever audio pack podcasts are. There's a multitude of podcasts out there from all of our uh, great um, podcasters from the still curtain network. And uh, Shannon will be on pump your brakes on Wednesday night. With that being said, uh, Shannon, take us out.